Please join with me in our litany of invitation and confession. We have been called away from that which is mundane. We have been called together to worship God. We bring our anxieties and fears and frustrations that distract us. We ask God to give us the focus of love. With longing hearts, we desire to experience God. With joyful songs and earnest prayers, we seek God. We are called by God to love others that are outside our comfort zone. However, we often fail to love. We confess our sin. We We have have lived smaller lives than God intended. We ask God to forgive us. We pause for a moment of silent confession. Sisters and brothers, God is generous in love and full of grace. Let us live lives as large as the grace and love of God. We are forgiven. Let us lift our voices in praise to God. Welcome to the worship of God at Northside Drive Baptist Church. I know that there is a big event happening in Atlanta today, and it is the worship of God at Northside Drive Baptist Church. Welcome as we gather together with folk we know and love and God who knows us and loves us. As we gather, we welcome those who are guests among us. There is on the edge of the order of service Uh, response uh, card. If you're a guest today, if you'd take note and put your name there, it'll help me connect name and face. Also, for anyone here, it is an honor for our staff and for our deacons to pray for you by name and by need every week. So if you have uh, a prayer request, place that on the card, drop that in the plate, and it'll be our honor to pray for you. Well, as we gather, there are three scriptures that we will read today. The gospel lesson you'll recognize from last week. It is still, I I put two texts together for last week, but it is still a challenge of how Jesus moves toward people's edges and through their comfort zones and into the inclusive call of God. The second uh, lesson we'll hear will be read by Garrett Ray. It's that poem from 1 Corinthians 13 uh, that we often hear at weddings, the love chapter. And then the first lesson that we will hear uh, is about 
the refuge and the hope uh, in God that we certainly need uh, this week and during these times. Our worship leader today is Dr. Priscilla Eppinger. Perhaps you've met her. She's the executive director of the American Baptist Historical Society, which is housed on the Mercer campus here in Atlanta. We're grateful for her leadership and for her. Let us tune our hearts to sing God's praise and to hear God's words. Welcome. God is our rock and refuge in troublesome times. A reading from Psalm 71. In you, O Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and the cruel. For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. Upon you I have leaned from my birth. It was you who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. Here ends the first lesson. Would you join with me in prayer? Holy One, we live in a broken world where much is neither holy nor whole. We have come to this place seeking sanctuary from the violence, the racism, the sexism, the xenophobia that resound around us. We come with our pain, grief, and worry, and with the recognition that we are sometimes the cause of grief and worry for others. Receive the burdens we bring. Hear our prayers for those who grieve, those who are ill, facing treatment, or recovering those who struggle with a difficult situation at work or school, those in a relationship that is foundering. We pray for those who hunger, those who lack a safe place to rest, those who lo whose lives and homes are endangered by war or natural disaster, remembering especially the people of Yemen, Syria, the Congo, Nicaragua, Venezuela, and El Salvador. But life is not all doom and gloom. Receive, O oh God, also our prayers of celebration, news of new life, birthdays and anniversaries, milestones reached, and love shared. Remind us that we are called to be children of light 
and sharers of living water. Renew joy within us. Restore courage and peace and expand our spirit of generosity. Hear our prayer, for it is through Christ that we pray. Amen. The Call to Love One Another, a reading from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. If I speak in tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions and I hand over my body so that I may boast But do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now, we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, and the greatest of these is love. Here ends the second lesson. Children, would you please come forward for our lesson? have a seat? Good morning. <clears throat> if you brought your offering, Pastor Daniel has a plate. Well, this morning I wanted to talk to y'all about the scripture that Mr. Ray just read to us. He read us the scripture about love. And he told us some things that love is, and he told us some things that love isn't. And that got me thinking about our scripture last Sunday because this is part of that same letter. From Jesus' friend, Paul, that he wrote, and he talked to the church. This time, he's just talking to him about love. But last week, he talked about them being, do you remember Potato Head? The body of Christ. And that got me thinking about love because the love that he's talking about, it never ends. And I thought that I would talk to you about that because... When we're the body of Christ, 
we have a very special opportunity to be that love that he's talking about. And one of the ways that we can be that love is we can care for other people around us. So next Sunday, what we're going to do is we're going to be that love in a couple of ways. We're going to make some Valentines next Sunday because we're going to send those to some of our church members who don't always come on Sundays. And another thing that we are going to do, we're going to make the Valentines, but we're going to stuff some kits here. And these are some kits full of some supplies that you need to kind of take care of yourself. Do your parents help you take care of yourself, and do they take care of you? Yeah, they do. And they take care of you because they love you. And when we love other people, we can help them take care too. So we're going to put all sorts of stuff in here to help people take care. And we're going to give that to them because we're going to try and be that love of Christ for the world. Okay, guys? Let's close our eyes and let's have a little prayer. Dear God, thank you for the love that you brought to all of us in Jesus Christ. Thank you that your love for us never ends and help us to show your love to everyone else in a never-ending way. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, let's go to Miss Mary Lou. As the children go, we're going to prepare to sing the next hymn. It's number 710. We are called to be God's people. Um, This is a hymn that I first learned in vacation Bible school. I don't know about you, but to a country church, you tend to sing all gospel songs. And that's what we did out of the Broadman Hymnal. But every time we had vacation Bible school, I could tell that uh, the people in the Sunday school board wanted us to broaden our repertoire. And so we would sing this hymn. It is to the Austrian hymn, which has a history of uh, some nationalism with other nations. But you'll notice the first stands is we're called to be God's people. The second, we're called to be God's servants. The third, we're called to be God's prophets. And so like we did in Vacation Bible School, let's stand together and sing.
the hometown synagogue of Jesus, rejects him and his message. A reading from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 4, beginning with verse 21. Then Jesus began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, Is this not Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, Do here in your hometown the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum. And Jesus said, Truly, I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a severe famine in all the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them except to a widow at Zarephath in Sidon. There were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But Jesus passed through the midst of them and went on his way. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In hearing that text read with fresh ears, I was thinking, wow, Jesus sure loved with a tough love. I want to preach on uh, tough love and in particular the text from 1 Corinthians 13. But I'll tell you, the gravity of that text sure captured me in my thinking because usually when I hear that text read or read that text, I just by default go, Dearly beloved, we are gathered here in the sight of God and these witnesses present to celebrate the wedding of, uh, on this uh, high holy day of uh, American pop culture and uh, American sports, um, uh, these two cultures. Uh, of all the things going on in Atlanta today, uh, the Super Bowl sure has plenty of culture and controversy that overlap it, not to mention the grief, the grief of we who are New Orleans Saints fans. So I've had to struggle to speak about love. In a world that seems addicted to animosity, that we suck in and, and live in like smog, I want to try to speak a word on love. Now I'm queasy about this topic. I get it's the same feeling I have on the fourth Sunday of Advent when we light that candle of love. I feel queasy because you have seen my grade point average. 
You know my GPA. And you know that uh, I have struggled to love. In fact, I thought about recusing myself and letting one of you preach. Didn't know who to ask. If you want to volunteer, do so before the end of the meditation. Yeah, I remember where I sat over three decades ago and read a book entitled Tough Love. And it, it changed me. It gave me some backbone and courage that I needed. Till that point, I thought of love as vulnerable only, amenable only, gentle only. But I realized that I needed boundaried and clear love, tough love. When I finished reading the 1 Corinthians 13 text, here's the sentence I wrote down. Tough love is not the only kind of love, but it is the only kind of love that lasts. Tough love is not the only kind of love, but it is the only kind of love that lasts. Maybe the Apostle Paul, like all of us, had to learn that as well. As we move through the text, the first part there is where he waxes, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, as King James says it, I am a sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. What he was doing there, I, I hear him saying that love has to be tough because though there are a lot of faux substitutes for it, they don't last. Sounding brass, tinkling cymbal, ecstatic utterances, yeah, the Corinthian church uh, was gifted, but it was also conflicted. There was, there was a need afoot for reconciliation within. You know, in fact, that's where, that is the context that this text comes from. It, it comes out of a church fight. But we never hear it in that context, do we? The context I usually hear it in is uh, hearing uh, Pachelbel's canon and watching for the mothers to be seated at the right spot, or the you know trumpet volunteer. You recognize that, didn't you? I mean, I know it sounded like uh, the the kazoo anshamad in sound, but uh, that was it. And that's where all the attendants enter. I hear this text and I can see the flicker of candles, the smell of newly rented tuxedos. And yet it was in a church struggle that this came about. Some bragged that they could speak in ecstatic utterances. They were super Christians. Others were more Gnostic who had secret knowledge. That's a powerful thing. I know something you don't know. There's going to be big news this week, but I, I, I'm not ready to tell you yet. Some were super-Christian that lived in polarized camps. I am of Apollos. I am of Simon Peter. Well, I am of Jesus. In all of these, Paul seems to resist on occasion of getting down in the weeds or either up in the clouds, but rather meet the church where they are. It could be that this squabble that had sent him questions answer these questions for us, Paul, that he decides to take a break from it and insert this. 1 Corinthians 13. It was like he, uh, I don't know, he filed for chapter 13. And in filing for chapter 13, he admitted he was bankrupt 
of fix-it answers. Well, in, this, in these words, I hear him saying, there's a lot that tries to substitute for love, but it doesn't last. The church was flashy with interesting things, but they did not last. The next movement in the text is he reiterates this theme that love gets tough, again, because it's only the tough love that lasts. Isn't it ironic that Paul is the only adult in the room? That somebody has to speak up and say, this is how it means to be responsible Christians. And he may have incorporated a secular poem into its service. Maybe the Greeks had come up with this poetry. After all, it doesn't mention God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. But he inserts it and adapts it so that... uh, they might see how important love is. I love the King James Version, love suffereth long and is kind. The New Revised Standard says love is patient. That's good. But somehow I think it expresses it more. Love suffereth long and is kind. I've learned that here in watching you over the years of marriages, of relationships, of partnerships that have lasted over the years that were difficult to do as you gave care to one another. Marriages that started by caring, but then evolved to the need for more caregiving, and then to one becoming the caretaker. Love is long-suffering and in, is kind. We say it in the marriage vows, for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health, but my goodness, is that not hard to do? But you've taught me, I've watched you, and I've learned. I was thinking this week of a story, a children's story. I didn't know how old it is. It was written in 1922 by Marjorie Williams Bianco. It's the Velveteen Rabbit. It's that old. The Velveteen Rabbit is a conversation that the rabbit starts because the rabbit wants to know, what do you have to do to become real? The rabbit has a conversation with the skin horse and asks about it. And the skin horse says, well, when a child loves you for a long, long time, not just to play with, but really loves you, then you become real. These are conversations in the toy box, you know. The rabbit says, well, does it hurt? Skin horse says, sometimes, but when you are real, it doesn't matter so much. Does it happen all at once? The velveteen rabbit says, like being wound up? No, says the skin horse. It doesn't happen all at once. It takes a long time. And that's why it doesn't happen often to people who break easily, who have sharp edges, or have to be carefully kept. And then the skin horse finishes. Generally, by the time you are real, most of your hair has been loved off, your eyes have dropped out, and you get loose in the joints and very shabby. But these things don't matter, he says, because once you are real, you can't be ugly except to people who don't understand. Don't you love that? 
I mean, that should be the fifth gospel, shouldn't it? And we get that, Velveteen Rabbit. Now, being uh, a pastor, I have to tug at things to remind us of who we are, too. What if, um, what if we replace the word people with the word church? What do churches have to do to become real? Let's see. It takes a long time, and that doesn't happen often to churches who break easily or have sharp edges or who have to be carefully kept. I want to affirm you for what you have been through over the years. I mean, putting up with me the one thing. But even before that, we are a remnant community, aren't we, of days gone by. And a lot of the church fell away. But you, like those exemplary relationships and marriage in the congregation, you chose to stay out of love for God or love for each other. I wish, we wish we had more people in these pews and more money in that plate. But we could also turn the question over and say, well, given what we've been through, how do you explain that so many people show up? You are a gift to God and a gift to each other and a gift to me. You stood in the gap when we needed children's teachers. Yeah, I'll do that and did so for years. What, the robes are a little bit needing adjusting? Sure, I'll take care of the children's robes. We need some deacons. The nominating committee is going to be looking for that of people who can stay connected to one another, call one another, and check on one another. Deacons. Or when sadness knocks on our doors, that people show up. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. But I like Rocky Road ice cream, and I thought it might be a gift to you. And I'll tell you, when you're in pain all the time, Rocky Road tastes a lot like communion. Yep, Paul said it. We who are wounded healers, kind of like Henri Nouwen, only we who are wounded healers are the best healers because love lasts. And then this last movement, as he finishes up, he talks about seeing through a glass darkly, and then he says, faith, hope, and love will abide, but the greatest will be love. I would say that love is the greatest of all, but not perfect at all. Love is the greatest of all, but not perfect at all. That's to see through a glass darkly. Love is difficult, isn't it? Marriage is difficult, isn't it? Relationship and church is difficult, isn't it? Um, I find my projections when I'm looking through the glass darkly that tangle me all up. I see expectations that are unreal that I project onto people that fouls it up. Paul reminds, I see through a glass darkly. Love is the greatest of all, but not perfect at all. If uh, Clay and uh, Theresa Manley had been here today, I was going to mention one of their class colleagues at Mercer was a guy named Harville Hendricks. He's a marriage counselor. He wrote the book, Getting the Love You Want. And in that book, it says, if you fall in love, you will fall out of love. Tough word to hear, but he says, when we fall in love, it's not a choice. It's biological and chemical and sociological. All these things that work in us 
He says, if you fall in love, there will come a day when you fall out of love, and then you have a choice to love. He advocates that we have a choice to love, to keep on loving, and in the keeping on loving an equity builds that's greater than the early days of falling. Some of you have read Norman MacLean's novella of A River Runs Through It. Others have watched the movie. And every time I watch the movie, I cry, especially at that part when um, Reverend MacLean, the father of Paul and, and Norman, is preaching from the pulpit. Paulie has already died, died in an alley, beaten to death uh, behind the bar. Paulie was the one that really made his father's eyes sparkle, though, you know. But Norman became the writer. The father gets in the pulpit and says, It is true. We can seldom help those closest to us. Either we don't know what part of ourselves to give, or more often than not, the part we have to give is not wanted. And so it is. So it is. Those we love and live with and should know best elude us the most. And we can still love, though, he says. We can still love them. We can love completely without completely understanding. We can love completely without completely understanding. Tough love is not the only kind of love, but it is the only kind of love that lasts. Amen. Amen. It is our tradition that when a word is offered, an invitation to dedication is given. As we do so today, we sing a hymn. It's a hymn that will be new to us, but it was written by a friend. It was written by Paul Richardson uh, over in Alabama. It was written to a different tune that's unfamiliar, so we printed the text here to a more familiar tune. We'll get to the unfamiliar tune another day. But it's about gathering at the table, and I would call this the table of love. Let's stand together and sing.
Well, each time we gather, we bring celebrations and concerns. I want to bring a few of those to you this morning. Uh, first, I celebrate that uh, the Bereans had such a good time together on Friday. Andrea Johnson, Director of Children's Ministry, and I chaperoned the Bereans group, Bo Van, Mary Francis, and Ava Grace, to an escape room experience. Now, if you know what that is, you pay somebody money to lock you in a room, and then you have to solve clues to get out. What do they think of next? And we got to what we thought was the end, the last clue, and a secret panel opened up, and it was another room, and we ran out of time. We were in the last clue, it turned out. But next time, right, kids? We're going we're gonna to get it next time. That was a great time together. Wanted to share with you a couple of things that are upcoming in the life of the church. Um, next Sunday, there will be a family missions event. You heard uh, Andrea talk about it in the children's sermon Be looking on Facebook and talk to her for the supplies to bring for that. And then uh, during that time, the the children care will be provided for them, and the parents will have a lunch out. If you want to be a part of that, see Graham Mudd or myself or Andrea to get an RSVP for that. And then Triple E will meet on Tuesday, February 12th. Be sure to get your RSVP in for that luncheon. We have many prayer concerns uh, that we've been talking about this last week, and I want to mention a few that are on our heart. You you have many on yours, I know. We pray for Jim Hermance, who suffered a fall and broke his arm, who is recovering now. We pray for Jim. And for Dick Houston, whom James and I both visited last week and is now in rehab. And for Barney Moore, who was discharged to rehab this week as well. We pray for all of these, uh, as well as those that you carry in your hearts. And now we'll hear this offertory hymn by the contemporary African-American composer Moses Hogan, who wrote a number of very important spirituals. And I love the lyrics on these. I may not be all that you are, I may not be a shining star, but what I am, I thank the Lord for making me his child. So may we hear that affirmation as we continue our worship with the giving of our tithes and offerings.
At this time, I'm going to call on our acolytes to come and stand beside me. They'll be helping me with the service of communion. And you will turn in the insert in your order of service to the insert that is the service of Holy Communion. All are invited to participate. This is God's table, not ours. All are invited to participate. You'll come up the center aisle. You'll follow the choir. We'll kneel at the rail or stand at the rail, your option. And uh, it is by intention to take a piece of bread, dip it in the cup, and then eat it. And all are welcome. Let us read now together, responsively, the Sorsum Corda. The peace of Christ be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, mighty God, creator of heaven and earth. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with all the company of heaven who forever proclaim the glory of your name, singing. be seated. On the night of Jesus' suffering and death, he took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, and he said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after the supper, he took the cup. He took the cup, and having given thanks, he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us pray. We celebrate the memorial of the redeeming gift, O God, through this meal that speaks of both sacrifice and thanksgiving, recalling Christ's suffering, death, and resurrection, we celebrate these holy mysteries. Sanctify us and your entire church that we may remain faithful in love and in hope as we follow Jesus Christ our Lord. And hear us, O God, as we join together in praying the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The gifts of God for the people of God. All of God's people are welcome at this table. Take these gifts in remembrance that Christ died and was raised. And therefore, let us come to the table in thanksgiving and love and hope. Amen.
Let us stand together for a prayer of thanksgiving. Almighty God, we give you thanks for having refreshed us at your table. For we have celebrated the presence of Christ among us. Deepen our faith. Increase our love for one another. And then send us forth into the world in strength and in peace. Rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. And in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. And as you prepare to go into this week, remember, may the strength of Christ uplift you, the comfort of the Holy Spirit surround you, and the grace and mercy of God give you hope and give you courage this day and every day as we prepare to go in peace. Amen.